0: I've been wanting to do this for a while, for the last couple of days, and I think that if there's ever a high time for me to get this off my chest, it's time to do it right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition to Wrestlers with Experience. I am your host, Mark Morello, also known as Mark Knight, one half of the most illustrious tag team in all of the universes, the multi-universe, and everything in between Dark side's favorite podcast, the Herald to Galactus, the Captain Sulu on the starship wrestlers would experience along with Dietrich Davis we are the world tag team champions and if you don't believe us try us and see what you'll get we thank you for tuning into this podcast and listening to us on your favorite streams google podcast apple podcast stitcher podbeam podcast attic um spotify iheart radio <clears throat> and deezer follow us on our social medias Dietrich Davis on um Instagram and on Facebook and on Twitter. Email Dietrich at um Dietrich Davis on Demand at Gmail.com. If you got questions that you want answers to, definitely do that. Do the same thing with me, mark a dot on um Gmail. Follow me on Twitter. Uh XM Nightbuster Instagram M double forty four. First things first, I want to get into some news. Some NWA news for the first time in a while. I hadn't done this in quite a bit, so I want to talk about the NWA briefly. The NWA had a pay-per-view a couple of weeks ago, and it was called When the Shadow Falls. They had some really great matches, um, spectacular matches at that. One of those matches was Trevor Murdoch challenging Nick Aldis for the NWA World Heavyweight title. Nick Aldis retain the world heavyweight championship. Sweet Charlotte, the ten pounds of gold. Trevor Mur- Murdoch put up a great match, had a great story and a great feud that went into it. Um, they both had their connections with Harley Race. Harley Harley Race, <clears throat> um, basically gave the the torch and the seal of approval to Nick Aldis because Nick Aldis is, um carrying the the torch of the National Wrestling Alliance, the World Heavyweight title, whereas Trevor Murdoch is a pupil of Harley Race. He comes from Harley Race's wrestling school and has done pretty well for himself. He went on to become WWE Raw Tag Team Champion of the World along with Lance Cade in the early 2000s. He also went on to do a couple of things in Impact. He came to the National Wrestling Alliance about two years ago. He won the National Heavyweight Championship and uh, has been a fixture in the world heavyweight title scene for quite some time. He was feuding along with um, Chris Masters, you know, or Chris Adonis, who's uh, piling up and buddying up with uh, Nick Aldis. So uh, they had a very epic match, and it was uh, Nick Aldis that got the win to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. <clears throat> Serena Deeb, who had recently um defended the NWA World Heavyweight title at the um Double or Nothing pay-per-view against Riho, she had lost the NWA World Heavyweight title to Camille. <clears throat> now Camille is the female bodyguard/slash wrestler that's with uh the the, the the fortune organization with um Nick Aldis. Camille, like I told everybody a while back, you definitely had to keep an eye out on her. She definitely was doing the thing. So that was one person you definitely needed to keep an eye on. So she finally won the NWA Women's World Heavyweight Championship, defeating Serena Deeb, who put on a great effort of being champion after defeating Thunder Rosa not too long ago for the women's title. So um, the, the Women's Championship has been doing some uh incredible things. They've been doing some they've been doing some great things with the women's title. Um the Pope took on Fred Rosser. Fred Rosier for Rosser for Rosser from uh WWE part of the uh, primetime players formerly of the of the Primetime players. Um they've been feuding as of as of recent. Uh there was a singles bout between uh rosser and uh JTG JTg sporting a brand new look dreadlocks now uh one of the uh, one of the better technical wrestlers out here in the business took on Fred Rosser who's been wrestling for New Japan Pro wrestling he's been uh wrestling for New Japan strong um helping out over there so you can see him every Friday night so him and the Pope they've been going at it for quite some time and then now there's uh some feuding going along with Titus Titus is back in the NWA AKA uh what the hell was his name in the WWE back in the day? Um, the Funkasaurus. Tyrus Titus Ty- Tyrus about to say Titus. Uh Tyrus, of course, many of you know one of his outside ventures at one point in time was being an analyst for Fox News. Um, doing what they do best over there, which is uh, I don't know, call it what we want to call it, but they do they did what they did and he done what he done over there. I'm not trying to get into his political shit, but it is what it is. Uh, there was news going around that on the, uh, on the news on the news break this week about why WWE did not buy the NWA when um, it was up for sale before Billy Corgan bought the organization. Now here's a very interesting thing: Billy Corgan brought all the trademarks and brought all of the um, remaining footage or whatever was left or was salvageable of the National Wrestling Alliance from Bruce Tharp. Bruce Tharp was the president at the time, who was um, keeping the NWA afloat before the sale. Um, Tharp was uh, taking the NWA talent. They were mainly doing a lot of indie shows throughout the South and the Midwest and all this other stuff. You had guys like um, Rob Conway come through there. He was their NWA world champion. You had... uh, Tenzan and Kojima doing things in the NWA, Liger was the junior heavyweight champion, um, the goddamn, uh, Davey Boy Smith and Lance Archer were the world tag team champions, they were trading the belts back, along with Tenzan and Kojima, the NWA tag team titles, um, they had a, I forgot the brother who was the North American champion. I think his name was um, <clears throat> Big Daddy or something like that. It was, a, uh, it was a brother that was the champion. They were doing some great things until when um, it was time for the promotion to go the way that it did. That's when the belt went on to um, primetime Tim Storm. Tim Storm was the NWA world champion. And then Billy Corgan, of course, went through his thing with Impact Wrestling. Had a little shares in that, and then he left after he got his money back from uh, <clears throat> Anthem and uh, Dixie Carter, and then he pur- he purchased the NWA. Now bringing it to speed, why didn't Vince McMahon and the WWE buy the intellectual property of the National Wrestling Alliance? Well, Tharp tried to sell it, and they felt that the W they felt that the NWA was worthless. Now, although granted. The WWE owns the um, the intellectual properties of World Championship Wrestling, which was Georgia Championship Wrestling, which was uh, Saturday Night, you know, the WCW Saturday Worldwide and all this other stuff, and the NWA titles were defended on World Championship Wrestling. On Saturdays and on Georgia Championship Wrestling on Saturdays and the main event on Sundays and all this other stuff and the world on um on midnights and stuff like that. You can Dietrich will probably tell you what she stated before that you know although it's on celluloid and also on paper that the WWE um, owns the WCW footage they just didn't own the intellectual name and property of the organization as a whole as the National Wrestling Alliance. I don't think that um, the E would have want to buy it. Maybe they could have. Maybe it was an oversight. I don't know. Dietrich knows these things as well um, better than anybody else. But, you know, in a crazy stream of events, Billy Corgan just happened to, you know, match out to be the one to own the National Wrestling Alliance. Uh, Zicky Dice has made his... uh. AEW debut, the former world television champion, has um made his uh debut on uh the AEW uh Dart show as a recent, making his presence felt. Former NWA champion, he's the guy who has the um the eighties look that little that, that real neon um over the top eighties look. Um he fits the the mold of of the perfect nineteen eighties wrestler you know, looking like Johnny V and stuff like that. But um he's in um All Elite Wrestling. Speaking of um All Elite Wrestling and stuff like that. Um Ricky Starks had hurt his neck not too long ago. Former NWA World Television champion. He's uh taking some time off to heal up so that he can get better and um do his thing and of course we mentioned that uh, Mark Henry made his his um signing with All Elite Wrestling. And so did um Andrade El Idolo made his debut last week or or the week before on um Dynamite and uh, he's there to not only to make a name for himself in um the wrestling world of course naturally but he's looking to um, be the face of all elite wrestling. Now, everyone knows that he's challenging Kenny Omega at Triple Mania for the AAA Mega Heavyweight Championship. That's going to be taking place real soon. That's going to be a, re- a really good match. I'm looking forward to seeing that. And now I can get into my meat and potatoes rant to Cody Rhodes. Now, on one of the last episodes, I mentioned how. I wanted to address Cody Rhodes about something. And I think this is the time that I, as a wrestling podcaster and a fan of pro wrestling, would like to address something to Cody Rhodes. Cody, I think you got to do better than what you're doing on television and behind the scenes as the an executive vice president for this promotion. The reason why I state that is, is because... You're becoming exactly what you said you didn't want to become. You are now in the Triple H position. As an executive vice president. But you're also in the Triple H position of squashing up-and-coming talent and using various um, tropes that Triple H has used to get himself over, mainly against black wrestlers. Um, For example, you did your promo against Anthony Ogogo several weeks ago prior to the build-up for Double or Nothing. Anthony Ogogo is a boxer, an Olympian, and a contender for titles in England. So he's definitely done his thing. And you cut your promo because, you know, you're feuding with the factory, the Nightmare Factory. So it's the Nightmare Family versus the Nightmare Factory. So we're doing that. You're going up against QT Marshall and... And all of the students that picked the side to go with uh, QT. I know that you are the man, the person that's um, running, running, running the show. But there's a way that you do things against black wrestlers, from what I'm gathering. That's a little questionable. Case in point: when you cut your promo. When you were talking about how you are about to become, for the one day and one day only, the American dream. You said some really disparaging things within your promo, which is very, very questionable. And I think that that's stuff that needs to be addressed. I think that in this day and time, if you're running a promotion that's supposed to be inclusive, you should not be uh, speaking with things of undertone racism within your promos that's just not a good look taking it back to a time where allegedly you and elijah woods i mean um elijah woods um austin creed xavier woods in the wwe you guys were um rivals in high school in wrestling and that's been notarized. That's been brought out there to the public. You guys had issues back then. But then you guys kind of put all that bullshit aside when you guys started working for Titan. But these things tend to come up, man, and it's like it's it's wild, bro. I think that if you're really truly running this thing on 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 inclusiveness, you got to be mindful, brother, about what you're doing. When it comes down to black wrestlers and stuff like that I'm not trying to tell you what to do But actually, I'm just giving you a suggestion Just be mindful and think about some of the things that you do Now, you don't know me from a can of paint That's cool I don't expect you to know me from a can of paint I'm just a podcaster I'm just a guy who has followed your career I'm a guy who's followed your brother I'm a guy who has followed, more importantly, your dad now, your brother has done great things. I think your brother, hands down, is one of the better wrestlers in the world. And he's constantly overlooked. I've been following your brother since your brother was like 18, 19 years old. And I'm talking about when he came to the WWF in 91. Prior to the Gold Dust. Been following your brother when he went down to WCW. Became the natural. Following your brother when he became Goldust. Following your brother when he became 7 in WCW. Followed your brother when uh, he went back to the WWE. Followed your brother to, to the States right now. When you and him had that classic at the original All In. It was a great contest between you guys. You guys change wrestling because you guys had the bout that you were supposed to have at wrestlemania you tore the house down i can appreciate that i was there at the manhattan center when my good buddy um <clears throat> jj Dillon was taking pictures with you and the rest of the elite at the manhattan center at the roh show i was there for that you were very friendly and, and you know cool and calm and collected with the fans But you got to be mindful about the things that you're doing with your promos. And then you. I think also what you should do, man, is start giving the people the rub. I know you got your plate full with a lot of things. But Cody, you need to start giving the rub to people. You doing the job isn't going to hurt. It's not going to drop your stock. It's not going to devalue you. You're an executive vice president of the number three promotion in the world. And I know that there's a lot to deal with. You got your family man, you got a reality show coming. You're you're a game show host. You know, you got a lot of a lot of stuff on your plate, dude. I know that. You're pushing out the brand, you're making your brand um accessible to everybody. But if you want many of us to continue supporting you and your brand, you gotta change the lineup real quick brother that's just my opinion so that's my rant done towards well well not even a rant this is just my, my my speaking to you you know just think about what i'm saying man like you know you guys are doing great but you know there's some things that you guys can definitely do better you got the wrestling world's eyes all on you man so let's let's try to do right that's all i'm saying Speaking of doing right, I want to talk about the fans for a minute. Now, this is where I really want to shoot my shit. First, congratulations to Shingo Takagi to winning the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. He is the third iwgp heavyweight champion i'm going to do an episode primarily about Shingo takagi's career his rise to the top of the of new japan pro wrestling and him being the third champion and what this means for new japan pro wrestling going forward throughout the rest of this year in the upcoming wrestle kingdom um event for next january and what i would kind of like to see But I want to talk about fans, WWE fans, wrestling fans in general. You know, with the uh, the release of all of the WWE talent from um, the end of May to the beginning of June and April and all this other stuff. You know, everyone's been fantasy booking about where people should go. And how well they would do. In certain places. So I'm on Facebook. And I'm. Reading. Watching. Watching. Reading. And I'm in this one group. And. A person posted. That Braun Strowman would do great in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And as I'm. Sca- as I'm combing Through. The posts on Facebook. This is what I see. Oh, yeah, Braun's going to do great. Braun would do great if he was to go to New Japan Pro Wrestling. He would do fantastic in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He would do great in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, I think he would be a, 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 a big star. I could see Braun Strowman as the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. There was this one lone voice that said, Braun Strowman is going to flop in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Braun Strowman is not going to make it in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Here's why I feel that Braun Strowman will not make it in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And these are my reasons. And people looked at me and said, well, who the fuck are you? I said, I'm a guy who watches the New Japan product has been watching the New Japan product since 2005. I watched the New Japan product all the fucking time. And thank goodness for New Japan World, because now I can go back and I can watch all of the New Japan footage from 1972 all the way up to now. So I am th- I think I'm pretty knowledgeable as a person who watches New Japan Pro Wrestling. I've also stated too that I have 20 years experience being an in-ring worker here in the Tri-State area. I've stated that in my opinion. And that's just basically what it is. Braun Strowman will be a flop in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And here's the simple reason. Number one, he is not a perfect fit for New Japan Pro Wrestling. If Braun Strowman were to go to Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling should not be the place for him. And I think that New Japan Pro Wrestling should not welcome him inside the fucking door. I think that Braun Strowman would be better off in All Japan Pro Wrestling where he can probably do something to probably improve and to do a little better and to go up against some talents that he can probably do some things with and probably engulf himself and learn the Japanese style before just dashing him into the fucking water of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So this one person said to me, were you ever a booker? Were you ever a promoter? You're just an indie wrestler that didn't have a fucking name. I'm like, you know what? You're right. I'm just an indie wrestler who wrestled for Ace Pro Wrestling and has done his own thing here, Arena Puerto Rico, and all this other stuff out here in New York. Done some IWF stuff up in the Bronx where I booked matches for a bunch of junior heavyweights to wrestle for kids who can't afford to go to Madison Square Garden or the Manhattan Center and stuff like that. I can say I've wrestled for EPW up in Baychester in the Bronx to wrestle for kids who couldn't afford to go and see a SmackDown at Madison Square Garden or to go to the Prudential Center or to go out to New Jersey to see wrestling. But who the fuck am I? I'm just the type of guy that can do something for some kids who can't afford to go down to Arena Mexico to go see some Lucha Libre, other than watching it on Telemundo and Univision and Galavision. But who the hell am I? Am I an expert on booking Braun Strowman? No, I am not an expert on booking Braun Strowman. But I could tell you just by his three years, his three, his five, well, five years being in the WWE, and his three years on top in the WWE, he didn't move a needle, he didn't move nothing. Okay, he was over with the fans. He definitely was. But he had his detractors too. And that's fine, because everyone is entitled to speak their piece and to speak their opinion about who they like and who they don't like. We all have the right to fantasy book. We all have the right to imagine what one person can do. I mean, shit, you want, you want an example? I would have never thought for the light of me that a guy like John Moxley, who is the current IWGP US heavyweight champion in his second run, okay, going on an entire year as the IWGP US champion. He's managed to defend his title on both Impact and New Japan Strong. He has not been stripped of the title yet. But I would never think that the man, formerly known as Dean Ambrose, who the WWE took a steaming hot crap on with his career, thanks to their booking, would go on to become a two-time U.S. champion. He made it clear about who he wanted to wrestle against When he got to New Japan, he wrestled Juice Robinson, won the U.S. belt. He wrestled Lance Archer, got the U.S. belt. He took on Minoru Suzuki, defended the U.S. belt. He took on Yuji Nagata, defended and retained the U.S. belt. Took on Kenta. Kenta chased him for a whole fucking year. Retained and defended, defended and retained the U.S. championship. No one thought that CJ Parker, Juice Robinson, We'll probably fucking make it in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Well, look at here. Never open weight t- tag team champion. World tag team champion. World tag league champion. US champion. He did pretty alright for himself. But you see, New Japan Pro Wrestling is a promotion based on workers. And learning that style. It's not difficult to learn the strong style. It's not difficult. But it's more sports-based than sports entertainment. It's more pro wrestling than it is sports entertainment. And you know, I'm not going to come up here and I'm not going to insult anybody on the Facebook group. I'm not going to do that. But you guys ought not get your thongs in a fucking bunch when someone comes in with an opinion different from yours. I feel that Braun Strowman will not make it in New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's just my opinion. Fuck, if he does, that's great. He has the opportunity and the space and the place to prove everybody fucking wrong. But because I might not have been on WWE television, but because I might not have been on Impact Wrestling, or because I have not been on some internet stream, does not mean I don't know what... A person should be able to do or have what it takes to make it somewhere. You gotta have a temperament to make it in these places. A lot of people who get signed to WWE can't handle that fucking schedule when they were touring. They couldn't handle it then. They couldn't handle it prior to the pandemic. They can't handle it now. Although it's a little more um, relationship friendly. But there was a time where your girlfriend wasn't allowed to be in the goddamn business. Your girlfriend or your wife had to stay home while the wrestlers had to fly, drive, take the bus, or drive a bus to get to town to town. It's a little more friendlier than that. But you gotta have a temperament for it. And I personally don't think that Braun Strowman has the temperament to be in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Who are they going to put him up against? Okada, Tanahashi, Jay White, Kota Ibushi, Shingo Takagi, Naito, Evil, Sonata. Oh, yeah, sure. Those would be some great matches. But do you know the only big money match he probably could have over there is against Bad Luck Fale. Why? Because Bad Luck Fale is a fucking giant. Bad Luck Fale is on the same level or three times as much as Braun Strowman. And you know who would be leading the fucking match along the way? Bad Luck Fale would be guiding Braun Strowman on how to work a New Japan match. And do you know why I chose that? Because bad luck folly has been through the system. Bad luck Fale trains every person in New Zealand in the Japanese system, the New Japan system. What may work for one might not work for the other. I don't like disrespecting anybody, but this group on Facebook are a bunch of marks. You remind me of Batman's better than Superman. That's how the fuck you guys remind me of, man. And, you know, and I don't mean, and I don't, and and don't take this with disrespect. Or if you feel like taking it any way you want to take it, do that. I'm just stating my opinion. I think that Braun Strowman would not make it. He does not have the temperament. He may have the look. He may have the ability but he does not have the temperament. If this was perhaps maybe 1977, 78, 79, when all of the big gaijins were coming in, such as uh, Andre the Giant, Abdullah the Butcher, the Sheik, Hulk Hogan, Paul Lorndorf, Bob Backlund, Dusty Rhodes, and all those guys, Stan Hansen, um, Bobby Duncombe Sr., Don Morocco, all of the all of the top guy gene from North America coming into New Japan Pro Wrestling, and if Braun was around at about that time, maybe, maybe. But right now, New Japan only has but like one super heavyweight, and that's all you're gonna get. You're gonna get the same match that's what you're gonna get that's just my opinion and now I want to share my opinion about Booker Hoffman Booker T and what he's st- in his statement about Tommy end aka Alistair Black now I'm sure that as you hear this or oh, you've heard this. Everyone has pulled out their opinion about Booker T and what he has to say about Alistair Black. He stated on his podcast that Alistair Black didn't stand out in the locker room. He didn't set himself apart from all of the other talent in the locker room to be a main event star. They didn't give him nothing to sink his teeth in. I don't care if he had the best music or the creepy entrance. He has on mixed martial arts kick pads. He throws strikes. He throws kicks. He doesn't do anything substantial. This is coming from the guy that told Naomi. Fuck the fans. Get your props via your own effort. This is the guy who stated to Naomi, get your own props by yourself. You don't need the fan support to get you over with the office. Here's a guy who's been trying to get himself over with the office from the time that he's been there. Here's a guy who kind of caught the backlash because his wife fucking stepped up and told WWE, go fuck themselves and your little third-party plans and stopping us from making all this extra money from our fans by creating an OnlyFans. You didn't book this man For a fucking year and a half. The last time you booked him, you booked him in that ridiculous ass losing my eye angle when he was trying to help Rey Mysterio counter against Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins. But Booker T, who runs a school in Texas, five, six-time world heavyweight champion, 30-time champion, can tell someone that you need to do a little bit more than just trying to be creepy and all this other bullshit and your little mixed martial arts uh, kick pads to get yourself over. You need better, you need more than just music to get yourself over. Well, dear Booker T, a lot could have been said about you the time that Triple H used the race angle against you and you stood there and you did nothing. Not everybody could be goddamn Jackie Robinson and have baseballs fly at them at the head all the damn time and then you go to the locker room where no one can see you and then you take your bat and bash it up against the wall because of frustration. No, Booker T, back when you challenged Triple H for the world heavyweight title in a match that everyone clearly thinks you should have won and that you deserve to win, I'd have laid right into. I would have laid right into Triple H's ass. I don't care if he's the goddamn boss. I'd be damned if someone tells me your people is only good for laughing and dancing and making us laugh and entertain us, book. I'd be damned if someone would talk about my locks. How about it, book? How about it? You sat there and you you let this dude shoot you. You let this man shoot you in the ass, and you did nothing. Oh, was it entertainment? Oh, you'll tell everybody that was entertainment, and that that loss got you over. Nah, that loss made us made us very disappointed in you, book. Because here's a guy who booked himself strong, has been booking himself strong from the time he won his first world title prior to the purchase of WCW. All the way up until that point, that was a two and a half, maybe a a three year span, WCW closed. Actually, no, WrestleMania X-7, when you got your title shot, WrestleMania 17 You got your title match, your title opportunity. And what did you do? You let this man disrespect you. Disrespect you as a wrestler. Said your WCW title run wasn't shit because the company was going downhill. He said your accomplishments meant nothing. I mean, I can understand that, but he told you to dance, Booker. He told you to entertain him, Booker. But you could turn around and you can tell someone like Alistair Black, he needed to do more to get over with the fans. This motherfucker was over with the fans in NXT. Did you not watch NXT, Booker T? I don't think he did. I mean, I watched as much NXT as I possibly could have. I ain't watched a lot of it, but I watched as, I watched enough of it to know that when Aleister Black was there, Aleister Black had the crowd in the palm of his, in his fucking hands. Aleister Black can work. Aleister Black got over with the fans, Booker. Oh, are you primarily judging it based on the fact that the only thing that he's ever accomplished was win the Dusty Rhodes Classic or Ricochet, only to lose to War Machine in 2019 when they challenged for the NXT Tag Team titles? I think that's what you're talking about, right, book? Here you got guys like Bruce Pritchard, Michael Hayes, Vince McMahon, Michael Cole, And all these other people, Greg Helms and all these other people that are working in the booking department. Booker T. Creative. Creative had nothing for him. There was a lot of window space and opportunity to put this man involved in a lot of stuff. But did they think, did they consider to do so? No. Hell, they were suggesting that there could have been a point in time where Alistair Black could have been a part of the Boneyard match between the Undertaker and AJ Styles, he could have given the Undertaker a hand in the Boneyard match to wallop the Good Brothers. But WWE said, "Like, nah, we're not going to do that." WWE said, "Oh, you know, we got these ideas. Oh, stop coming up with creative for Alistair Black. No more ideas. Now you bring him back. You give him a little something." And then you take it away from him. But he didn't get over with the fans, huh, Book? Right. Okay, Book. Come on, man. Stop being a a disappointment to the wrestling business, bro. Stop being a disappointment to black wrestling fans. Stop being a disappointment to wrestling fans in general. Stop it, man. Come on. You look ridiculous, bro. You sound ridiculous. You need to cut it out, man. That's what I got to say about that. I just need to get that off my chest Because it seems like Pro wrestling On every front People think they got the goddamn answer They got the magic eight ball On their table And they know what the hell They're talking about When it comes down to pro wrestling How about motherfuckers Get back into enjoying a product How about allowing people To speak their opinion About the product if I was to say, I didn't like AAA, that I like CMLO better, would that make me a shill for CMLO? If I said, well, fuck these American companies, I only fuck with ROH, would that make me a hater of the WWE All Elite Wrestling and Impact? If I was to say, I think Michinoku Pro is better than New Japan Pro Wrestling. Fucking New Japan. Would that be a problem? Would people have a problem with that? We're all entitled to our opinions. Good, bad, or indifferent. You can like what you like, love what you love, enjoy what you enjoy, and appreciate what you appreciate every person has that mindset and that right to do so. But if I feel like you coming off disrespectful, I'm going to check you. I'm not a Facebook bully. I don't do that. In fact, I believe, I think that I am a pretty decent digital citizen. I know how to carry myself accordingly on the internet and in social media and things of that nature. But what we're not going to do is we're not going to let people get up under the skin. We're not going to do that. Everyone's entitled to their opinions, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages. You're entitled to like your favorite wrestler. You're entitled to say that this is your, your favorite wrestler is the best there is, was, and ever will be. You can also say that your favorite wrestler is the greatest of all time. You can say that your favorite wrestler will always be the most recognizable name in the wrestling industry. You can go on and say that your favorite wrestler sold the most merchandise in all decades. And you even can say that the WWE is the only show in town. But there are some of us that feel that WWE are not the only show in town. I've said it years ago, before there was an All Elite Wrestling... Before I pierced my eyes back into New Japan Pro Wrestling. And pierced my eyes into CMLL. Any person who has a finger on the wrestling business know that there is more than one wrestling promotion. Although WWE is the biggest and everyone knows and they recognize WWE is the biggest. They are not the only show in town. And for every wrestler that has ever been released from WWE, I guess you guys are realizing that the, the WWE is not the only show in town. I mean, shit, look at the Good Brothers. Although they're wrestling for Impact Wrestling, they're co they're co promoting their own shows and did two pay-per-views on Fight TV. And everybody can get work. Look at Enzo. Enzo got fired. For an alleged rape charge. And was found innocent. What is Enzo doing right now? Enzo's on the indies. Making money. You think that's going to stop Enzo? No. There's that saying that says, Your life ends when you leave the WWE. Get the fuck out of here. Because there are a lot of people who left the NW, that left the WWE many, many years ago and went on to do some great fucking things. It's those that stay in WWE and they're stuck on the shelves. Their lives in there. My name is Mark Morrell. And I thank you for tuning in for this edition of Wrestlers with Experience. If you like this episode, please continue to show your support the best way that you can. Follow us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Pod Podcast, Addict, Deezer, tuned in. And follow us on our social medias. Mark A. Morell, Facebook, Teacher Davis, on Instagram, and on Twitter. And yours truly, XM Nightbuster on Twitter. M double forty four on Instagram. You got questions. You got questions, please send your emails to um detri davis at gmail.com. Dietrich Davis on demand. Gmail.com do that. And once again, we thank you for tuning into everything. Also, don't forget to continue to support all of the other venues that are coming through on the Dietrich Davis network, including the podcast. Um The important nobodies. And, uh, of course, eventually down the road, the brand new podcast, Thoughts of the Village Idiot, featuring yours truly. Um, we thank you very much for tuning in. Have a pleasant day, good afternoon, evening, or wherever you are. And, uh, thank you for listening to this here episode. I just needed to get it out in the system and, you know, just into the ears of the world so people can know. That the Herald of fucking Galactus is out there surfing on the board looking for planets to be devoured. We'll see you guys soon and take care.